Oh, listen to that. Slightly different start to Matt Stevens Unplugged. That's because that's a brand new jingle forward slash soundtrack from none other than Perry App Gwyneth, who of course was my guest on the first ever podcast of all time uh, in relation to Matt Stevens Unplugged uh, by Sigma Sports. And I'm sat with Perry, the producer, writer um, of that jingle. I'm sat in his studio. Perry, this is a, a greatest hits compilation, uh, looking back. And thank you for helming it with me and for writing that magnificent laid back loungy jingle. Yeah, I thought the um, the uh, first one we did, it was all right. You know, it was quite bluesy, a bit of blues rock. But yeah, I think the smoother version is a lot better. Nice, smooth, and a little bit of jazzy tinge in there and some awesome Matt Stevens vocals later on when we record it. Yeah, because... Yeah, that's one thing, isn't it? We've listened to that, but um, I've I've yet to lay down some audio over the top. So I, I've come to your house, your studio, um, which is an amazing setup. So uh, do you want to ask me then, Perry, like I ask my, my guests normally, um, where I am? I mean, um, where, where am I again? Am I in Lewisham? Camberwell. Camberwell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Camberwell. Well, it's next door. It's, it's next door, bad, isn't yeah. it? Um, at your house. We yeah. won't give the address out because yeah. you've got a lot of um, Pendulum fans out there who come knocking down your door wanting yeah. to insert themselves into your studio. Um, we can't have that. Um, so let me just describe. Um, well, I'm sat on a, on a Matt, lovely... where are you? Thank you very much indeed, Perry. Well, um, I'm at your house um, in Camberwell. I um, got the train in, then I rode the last bit on my Brompton and I'm sat in here. I've had a lovely cup of tea, still got half of it left. And I'm in your recording studio, which you've used loads recently. Um, I'm surrounded by a lot of guitars. Um, I can see one, two, three, four, about eight, nine, ten, twelve, maybe fourteen guitars. How, how's that for an estimate? Look behind you. Behind you. Oh, that's <laughs> 15, 16, 17, 18, 20 on guitars. So, of course, he's, he's, you know, he's in a rock band for crying out loud. So, lots of guitars. I can see uh, a pendulum. Um, platinum disc on the wall amongst move uh, amongst uh, other gold discs and stuff um posters from um pendulum's touring um and um there's a lakeith one can you see that around the corner oh yes uh, i can see geraint thomas on the front of lakeith from when he won le tour yeah. um so and the plant yeah. de gal was, was the uh, um was the headline the Prince of Wales? Indeed, and that was a that was that about 20, 29, was that twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, we yeah. had a couple of good nights on the twenty eighteen Tour de France, didn't we? That's well, another think, pod entirely, though, isn't I it? I think we did. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we certainly did. Of course, for those who don't know, as well as being a rock musician, Perry is the um, Welsh language voice of the Tour de France. One of the voices. One of the voices. Yeah. Um, My brother does it as well. Of course. And we've got Griff Lewis from Ribble World Tight. He's uh, he's one of the commentators and. We've got, oh, it's quite, it's quite a few of us. There's uh, Gary Therese Owen from B- the BBC, usually, the rugby guy. Um, his brother, Dewi Allard Owen. We've got um, Wing Griffith. And we've got, uh, well, it's a bunch of us. There's whole team. lots of us that do that. Yeah. A whole team. Um, well, yeah, that was the, that's the Love Keep cover. Uh, and then in front of me, it, the best way to describe it is it's like the Starship Enterprise, but with more <laughs> valves um, because, they, yeah, there's all sorts going on. I mean, Perry, it's worth, I don't want to do it a disservice, but this is your has been your hub, isn't it? I mean, it, um, especially during lockdown, and you've recorded a lot of music here, haven't you? I have. Uh, th- that's what I did you know, once lockdown started. Obviously, we couldn't tour anymore, and the, the whole music industry ground to a halt. So that's what I did was I just 
put it out there. If anybody wants me to play on their records, I'll do it for... Um, I wish slash my fees. So I've been doing a lot of recording for people who usually won't be able to record, uh, to afford me. So, was, uh, so I've just been doing lots of tunes for quite young and up-and-coming bands, which is, which is great, you know. So it's, it's been... You've actually... Cu- You've kind of really, although it's been a hard period, it's it's been enforced on all of us. But you've found kind of new work and a new kind of set of inspirations, almost. Yeah, um, it's just working with so many people from across the world, you know, um, cause, you know because what with the internet and all that, you know, yep. I can rec- record uh, guitar parts here for a band in New Zealand or in Australia or in Brilliant. America or in Finland. You know, just it's literally been from all over the world and uh, uh, the. The latest one was one of the Pacific Islands. It's uh, yeah, wow. it was uh, uh, quite mental. Um, <laughs> wasn't wasn't Tuvalu? Was it? No, it wasn't. It was the one next door to Vanuatu. I can't remember the name of it. Now, Look at our knowledge of the of the, <laughs> yeah. uh, of the Pacific Islands. Just uh, a bit of island chat there. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was it, it's, it's been good fun. You know, it's been. Uh, I've been Played on a lot of really good tunes. There's, there's a lot of ta- young, new young talent out there. So it's uh, brilliant. Good stuff, mate. Well, it's wonderful to have you here with me because, as I said, I've, I've travelled here to kind of look back on 50 episodes. Um, I'm going to have to just read my script here because this is the 50th episode. What a milestone. That's what it says. And I agree. Um, but we've actually recorded two more episodes since the 50th because we had a tour of Britain special and a women's tour special. Uh, so this is actually the 52nd, uh, although it's the 50th. So please forgive us that. Um, we're not really counting. We are, but we're sort of not. Um, so we're essentially um, celebrating 52 or 50 podcasts I don't really know. Well, it's 52 weeks in a year, isn't it? So that's, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, podcasts are so popular and um, I've always wanted to do one, but I didn't think um, a global pandemic would be the way that kind of forced my hand in, in that regard. And like you were talking about the the, the, in, the inspiration, the new, the new way of working, the tech we've got at our disposal has kind of forced us, um, has accelerated certain aspects of our lives and I look back now um, the rest of the Sigma Sports team now the producer especially with a great deal of fondness although it wasn't exactly what we really wanted to do but we've got this lovely body of work to look on that was where, where our hand was forced and it's kind of strange but you know the I guess there's a sort of silver lining without wanting to um, downplay the pandemic at all. Well, yeah, it's a positive. You've got to look at it in, in a positive way. If you don't, then you just get really depressed. You? So you know, the, the way, the positive outlook that I've got is that I've got to spend a lot of time with my son. My son's like Brilliant. three and a half. And we we should have been, my band Pendulum should have been on tour uh, a year ago. And I'd still be on tour now. So... The one good thing about it was I got to spend a lot of time with him, with, with my son. I, um, time I wouldn't have spent with him. You know, I, I would have been away. So that's the one positive aspect that I've got and the, uh, the way that I'm looking at it. I got to spend a lot more time with him than I would have done. Which so. is, again, um, a big... Oh, round of applause. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, Niall's on it, isn't he? Uh, big shout out to Niall. We will be interacting with Niall because he's a set. Although you're going to be steering this with me, Perry, um, yeah. Niall will be inserting some kind of juicy bits, really, won't he? Um, he's a very us. funny man himself. He's a very funny man. Um, look him up. You'll find some weird stuff on the internet with Niall in it, I can tell you that. Uh, not overly weird. No, weird. None of it's been banned uh, yet. Uh, anyway, so uh, we've, that was a lovely intro. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm look. I, 
can you just explain before we look back at some of the best bits from the from the 50 odd pods that, that we've done and and i must express it must state as well i don't know this is a weird podcast because i don't know all of the kind of clips we're going to be playing so we're playing out these clips from some of the best bits um all like diverse happy sad fun whatever informative um and we'll be riffing off the back of those so Anybody listening, I don't really know what's being lined up. Perry, and there's a secret one as well, Perry, isn't there, apparently? I know the secret, secret one, but I'm You're just as in the dark as you, really. Yeah. So I think okay. Niall's our, our god. He's our god today. He, he, he is. And he's, he, well, he's, he's kind of the king of the jingles, but um, yeah, I wonder what he's got lined up for <laughs> us today. So without further ado, um, I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I'm looking forward to looking back. Uh, and then perhaps in looking back, we can look forward as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, 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 it had a strange look to his face, didn't it, Perry? Um, I believe, Niall, if you want to cue this one up, uh, well, one of my favourite guests and also one of the, the biggest, brightest, most wonderful personalities in cycling is Cecile Utrecht Ludwig. Um, we all we all love her to bits. She's she's brilliant. She's a an athletic phenomenon, but um, one of the the nicest, funniest people that I've ever met. And she's super super popular for for obvious reasons. If I had a cycling team, she'd be one of the first people in it because just her positivity. She's so funny. Yeah, but she's bloody talented as well. Yeah, she? and an amazing singer. Uh, she, yes, yeah, and, and she's. Got there, since since the pod and since her athletic she achievements, got a record deal. Uh, she she might have got I don't know if she's got a record deal, but she's all over Denmark, isn't she? Uh, yes. She's a bit of a superstar. So we were lucky to nab her early for the pod. Uh, let's hear a little a little snippet. I don't know which bit it is, but Niall, uh, let's roll some some sealy. But what what I, what I wanted to ask you was, outside of cycling and outside of clearly having a blast the vast majority of the time apart from when you're asleep it appears and when you have your little <laughs> and when you have your little naps unless you're laughing inside a dream or something um, what actually brings you pleasure in life do you have any i'm sure you do but what what other interests do you have outside of bike riding i mean i think we've all got them but what what are your oh. passions Oh, mm, I do like cooking a lot, man. Okay, okay. Um, and and at the moment, I'm really into cooking dal. Do you like dal? I I do. It's the kind of lentil kind of based oh, yes, uh, yes. situation, isn't it? Yeah. Yummy, yummy, yummy in my tummy. And you know, I have, I have, a, I have a, <laughs> I have a special ingredient, Matt. Do you know okay. what it is? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this like is this like the secret seasoning on Kentucky Fried Chicken? That yes. uh, you, are, are you uh, to, okay? Talk, talk us. I've got my pen poised. Actually, so what is your secret dal recipe? Okay. Actually, uh, Jake, could you insert a special effect like a drum roll here? Pause. <laughs> So instead, you know, when you cook, normally you give it some love, you know, like to give the <clears throat> the dish some love. And instead, you know, okay, you also give it love, but you give it some dance moves. Oh, right. <laughs> dance so, moves. Okay. You, yes. And I don't know. I, I think you're also the, the dance move kind of guy. I mean, I have seen you on the dance floor in some videos, Matt. Yeah. Can you yeah, tell me I, a bit I, more about that? <laughs> I do. I, I, I. <laughs> oh, has that ended? That's probably good. A good job. Blimey. I don't know if you picked up our actual real life laughter in the background. Um, but Perry, blimey. She's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. If, you know, saying if I had a cycling team, you'd want that personality in, in the bus. 
every morning and after the race as well. You'd want that type, type of personality. She's hilarious. Yeah, she she is very very funny. Um, the 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 podcast itself was utter mayhem in the best in the best way. Um, I, I I love the way that <clears throat> she kind of almost grabbed grabbed the podcast herself and just ran with it and I was like chasing her well, uh, I, in I, Podland I, I uh, do remember uh, there's one section uh, I think your internet connection broke down for about two minutes and she took over oh yeah <laughs> that's right yeah and she oh. started singing yeah I do I mean like I say I mean if you haven't listened to this one I know we've got a lot of loyal listeners which um, I, I honestly want to take the time to thank you for listening to this uh, to the podcast. It means a lot. It really does. But if you haven't listened to the Cecilia one, um, out of all of them, I think it would have to go in my top my top few because yeah. it's uh, it's very funny. It is very, it is very funny, and I, I think an, an important thing to get back a little bit to the sport because although we go off on some random tangents, um, Perry. Um, it's a kind of it's a loose it's a loosely based cycling podcast, isn't it? But we go off. It it, it, it she she is an, an absolute inspiration because this sport is so hard. We do need people like like her, don't we? Absol- um, absolutely. She's to infectious. give some life to it, yeah. She's infectious. Her smile, her laugh, you know, the way she speaks. I think she's great. Yeah, but I think she's absolutely wonderful. Ten out of ten for yeah. me. Yeah, ten out of ten for me. Yeah. That was um, a wonderful pod. I might actually listen to it back. And the thing is. Having spent some time with her in Denmark for our cafe ride that we did as well, um, we did the cafe ride first. That's what she's like off camera as well. She's just full of life. And we met her early in the morning. We finished late in the afternoon, early evening, and she was like that all day long. Okay. Um, just, um, just, in, just invigorating company to say the very, very least. Um, so yeah, uh, that was what what episode? I can't remember what episode that was. Oh, have you got a special ingredient? For, do you make dal? I know you're. I've, I've when I've eaten here before. You you do love cooking, don't you? Especially curries and stuff. I can follow a recipe, but my right. wife does a really good dal. Right, um, Victoria. She's very very good at it, but. Um, yeah, I just follow recipes. I just read the recipe and try to follow it as good as possible. There's it's nothing wrong with that, though, is there? No, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm not very creative in 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 the uh, in the kitchen, but you know, I, I do like cooking. Uh, an interesting thing this morning, um, just off, off on a slight, ta- like a tea-based tangent, um, I'd love a cup of tea, um, builder's tea with normal milk, and uh, I've never seen it before, but you dropped some uh, some cocoa, so, sorry, coconut butter? Coconut or, oil. Coco- solidified coconut oil into yeah. your tea? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Um, into my decaf coffee, funnily enough. Wow. Because, yeah, I, just last year or two years ago, I found out that I'm actually intolerant to caffeine. Oh, so gosh. When I drink, uh, and I was, one, I was wondering why I had insomnia. I drink one cup of coffee, I'll be up for 48 hours. So I've got a hypersensitivity to caffeine. So I drink decaf now, but I put this coconut oil in and it just tastes nicer. <laughs> and it, it's, maybe I should have had a sip, but um, um, it smelled good. Because, you know, because decaf tastes rank. <laughs> let's be honest with it. It's I don't really like it. It's not great, yeah. is it? But if you can kind of give that a bit of a pizzazz, yeah, um, it kind of co- covers the taste. I do like a coffee, but you know, I, I do like sleeping as well. So, yeah, and uh, to find not being, yeah, <laughs> not being able to sleep for forty-eight hours is a bit of a drag. Yeah, uh, I do get a bit testy towards the by the forty-sixth hour. I mean, I know you've played live with Faithless, and one of their biggest yeah. hits is Insomnia. Was it inspired by your caffeine intolerance? Um, that song? I, it, it, it should be. <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, well, what a strange segue. Uh, right. Next up. Um, well, well, Brad Wiggins. Ooh, I mean, um, legend. Yeah. Um, um, Brad, lovely chap. 
Um, well, I mean, what more can you say about Bradley Wiggins? I mean, um, I think the best thing to do first up is just listen to this clip because uh, I don't know what clip is going to be played and then just reflect on it. But here is um, Brad Wiggins. What inspires you on a daily basis now, mate? And what are you really into? Um, I think self-worth, really, more than anything. Um, you know, I don't really have any ambitions to um, achieve anything. You know, people go, what, what's, what, what's your sort of long-term goal now? Now, what, what do you want to do? What's your ambition? And, and a lot of the time, it's just to be happy, if I'm honest. And happiness for me is like just caring about people and, and helping people in a way that's constructive. And I don't mean just being fake. Um, it's just, um, you know, like I think self-awareness to the point that when you recognize people around you, there's a lot of talk of mental health and things like that. Yep. But having enough self-awareness to just ask someone if they're okay and not just assume yeah. they are. That's important, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and looking after people, looking after people that either mean a lot to you or, um, and, and I suppose hitting 40, you know, like, you obviously quite close to Cav, really, and we've never spoke about lots of things, but, you know, certainly what he said to you on your um, Sigma uh, cafe ride thing you did with him, you know, and obviously maybe the disappointment in myself of never asking him if he's okay and stuff and, and the realization that, you know, he'd suffered some depression and mental health issues really. So straight after that, you know, we, we just open up and talk most days now. Um, That's really cool. That's and really supporting cool. Mark into another stage of his life really. Yeah. And likewise, you know, he asked me and stuff and that's what friends are for really. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's things like that, that mean a lot more to me now. So, you know, that, that, to answer your question, I think that's what inspires me now, really, is looking out for your mates and um, maybe people you don't know, really. You know, you might someone might be really obnoxious to you or, or obscene to you on social media, and just by being kind back to them, they might say, look, I'm sorry, I've had a really tough time at the moment, and you, you start engaging in a conversation. It might actually help someone. Do you know what I mean? It's um, You're always in charge of how you react. That's the biggest... Um, the biggest um, choice you have in life is how you react to people. So yeah, Matt, that, go back to your first que your question there. That that's what, what inspires me these days. Wow, brilliant! I mean, pretty reflect. I mean, it was a, a a very different conversation I had with Brad than um, I had with Sile uh, to, to directly compare the two. Obviously, I've had a lot, you know, fifty odd guests uh, over the over the last of course the last couple of years, and and that was a a conversation that really ebbed and flowed, but. The thing that struck me about that conversation with Brad, and he's been quite open in the press about uh, his own mental health issues as well, was the candid nature of the conversation and the um, how kind of honest he was and how reflective he was. Because, uh, and he's changed, he's gone through many iterations as an athlete and as a person, as a dad over the years. Um, a lot of it well documented. He's had his fair share of problems as well, but um, it really was. Um, I, I thought I'd get, managed to get something out of Brad, um, but he was really really open in that conversation yeah when i heard that podcast you know it was, brad's kind of reinvented himself after well since the hour hour record really and um he's become i've heard him speak about mental health quite a lot and it's very very important especially well um it hits athletes and it hits musicians a lot you know uh, uh, because i've got a lot of friends or athletes and a lot of musician friends and uh, for some reason I think it's the way that our brains are um, are wired um, 
lot of us do tend to suffer from mental health issues, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, with an athlete, you know, an athlete's job finishes and usually around the mid thirties, doesn't it? Uh, on average. And, you know, what the hell do you do after that? You know, yep. and that must put one hell of a lot of strain on you. Um, it's the same, maybe it's not so much with them as with a musician, you know, it's when you're on tour, um, you're basically mollycoddled um, and you're on this high the whole the whole time, um, a natural high, I mean, and uh, you come off tour and then bam, it's not there anymore. And you know, what, what do you do? It's, and some people need to carry on that high by using artificial means. Yep. And then that turns into mental health issues and it turns into problems like alcoholism and uh, and drug issues as well. And, um, you know, I, I see a lot of th- similar things happen in both the athletic world and uh, in my world of, of uh, musicians. And because uh, sometimes... It happened a little bit to me, a bit of depression, a bit, a bit of anxiety, but that's what helped me was the bike. Right. But I started taking the bike on tour with me and uh, I'd, in the morning, would turn up to a venue and I'd put the bike together. And first thing I'd do is find the nearest, nearest mountain and ride up it. And it's, it seriously helped me out big time. You know, um, if I'm feeling a bit down that day, you know, a couple of pedals and I'm smiling again. Yeah. I, I call it my, I call it Prozac on wheels. That's what I call my bike because you know it's it's such an important uh, part of my life now. You know, um, but the way that Brad spoke about it was so, you know, so beautiful. I thought. Yeah, it, it was. It got a, we got a lot of um, uh, good feedback um, from that. I mean, not that you kind of need feedback as um, as such, but the way that people. Um, responded to that to, to brad's honesty was was really quite lovely yeah. and, and just remind us there is a lot of kindness around and um um i i'm kind of grateful that as we move on in life and um we're becoming increasing, increasingly more aware and accepting that we're that we're human yeah and part and being human is complex mm. and everything that comes with it you know and, and you're quite right i mean um uh, to a lesser scale I, I, i've kind of experienced that the highs of of um doing what i wanted in life the the, the year i did the the duro and um meeting the pope and also it was just nuts we were on a real real high and then you know a few yeah. months down the line i was unemployed yeah. um I, I went and signed on the dole and um i, I went through you know the, the mill but um ultimately and I, I put shut the bike away but ultimately got back on the bike and that was what helped me and mm. it's this exercise isn't it as yeah. well that that can help anybody it's lovely it's easy to forget how much the bike can give us yeah uh, it can cause problems i guess in in, in one sense and if you especially if you're very very successful and then that's taken away from you but um, and a, to escape back to the bike can can often not necessarily provide a solution, but can mitigate mm. issues. Um, yeah. Um, uh, well, you say about um, th- things there, being there, then things not being like like a job. And, um, you know, with Brad, you know, <laughs> won the Tour de France, then won the Olympic gold, uh, our record, and so many accolades during his life. And then then you retire what do you do you know that really does affect people you know yep. and, um, and 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 it's so good that he spoke about it and, yeah and he's so open about it as well yeah he he was he didn't let you know i wouldn't say he let rip but he basically just kind of bared his soul to yeah. degree didn't it and it, it was lovely to hear and, and also kind of um the fact he reached out 
to turn to Mark Cavendish as well yeah. afterwards, you know, who's who's been gone on the record and had his own kind of demons yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, not so much demons, but issues with depression. I think talking about it is is so important. And um, yeah, it was uh, there was fun in that pod as well. Of course, if you again, if you haven't listened to it, please go back and have a listen. I, I really think it will be worth your while. But uh, yeah, one of the most honest, insightful, uh, deep actually yeah. um, um, conversations I've ever had on the pod. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was a, a corker. It was amazing. It was it, it was it yeah. was a it was a cracker. But uh, well, I tell you what. Um, to kind of not that we need to lighten the mood, but we've ebbed and flowed so far. I had two lookbacks. Shall um, Niall, do you want to tee up um, a corker of a random question generator for us to kind of uh, chuckle upon and maybe um, ponder ourselves? Indeed. Uh, something. Sorry, mate. There's something. Oh, oh. Random question alert. What? I'm sorry, <laughs> mate. Here we go. Kicking off. <laughs> it is Hold time on. for a random question. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Sorry about that, Lachlan. As you probably heard, we've got um, the, the guys at Sigma Sports came into my loft uh, six months ago and put in this really old computer. It's enormous, uh, and, and every now and again on a podcast, it fires out a randomly generated question. Uh, I've never seen the questions before, and I've just torn it off. It's like on, on old fax paper, uh, and here it is. Um, Okay, Lachlan, if you had to complete, and I'm, I'm literally reading this fresh, if you had to complete one video game with your feet, which one would it be? Now, the stakes are high, like your family have been taken hostage or something. <laughs> I'd love to meet the criminal mastermind that took, you, took your someone's family hostage. Because <laughs> debating that you play video games. Um, they're probably quite funny if you actually got to know the final question from the random question generator. Okay, here we go. What are you proud of? Okay, but never have an excuse to talk about. So what's something that you really are really proud of in your life, but nobody ever asks you, basically? I can milk a cow. You can. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can yeah, milk a cow. I can, yeah. Choose one. A world without bicycles or a world without air travel? A world without air travel, I think. Couldn't live I mean, behind your bike, could you? No, but you could still get to other places, but you just got to take your bike on a boat, couldn't you? Exactly, yeah. It'd just take ages to get anywhere, but we'd be we'd still have our bikes. I couldn't, oh, I wouldn't imagine, because we'd, we'd be commentating on just a load of people, like running in bunches, wouldn't we otherwise? <laughs> yeah, it'd be awful. <laughs> It'd just be like a running race, but with helmets on. Yeah, and uh, um, the breakaways would be really. The Tour de France would be like eight years long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I forgot. That was, yeah, I I completely forgot. Um, Actually, all of those, but now that I've heard them again, they did make me chuckle. That, um, God, can you imagine a world without bikes, though, Perry? I can't at all. it's such a huge part of my life, and yours, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, it'll be boring as hell. I'm quite sad um, without the bike. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually trying to think of where that bike's now, and it's making me feel yeah. quite sad. How will you get back to the train station? You'll have to take the bus. Yeah. It's eight stops. I can't be doing that. No, I mean, no, I think no, buses terrible. are great, don't get yeah. me wrong, but having yeah. been used to a, world, a two-wheeled world, uh, going back on two, two, one, two, how many wheels have buses got? Four. <laughs> <laughs> 
Haven't they got? Isn't there four in the back? Isn't I there think, a double? I think. I think it's four in the, the back. The bigger isn't ones there? have got like two at the four at the back and then two at the front. But have they? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking they have. <laughs> oh god. I think they do. I'm not sure. Um, Mm. We'll have to do another podcast in about three weeks' time. Just to check. Just, yeah, yeah. We could pop out in a minute and check. It'll be a very just, short podcast, but it, listen it to that. Just just reminds me how funny Adam is. And, you know, he's a fu- he's a funny lad. He's, he's a good, so funny. Yeah, I, I I do love his. his I yeah. love working with him in comms, yeah. and I love him on the motorbike. Did you watch Paris Bay with him on the on the back of the motorbike? I did. Yeah, he was brilliant. Just yeah. kept just kept saying this is really scary, didn't he? That was yeah. basically because there wasn't much racing for him to see, sadly, because of safety issues. Yeah, one of my favorite bit. One of my favorite bit was. I'm bricking myself. <laughs> Back to the commentators. That was it. Uh, thanks, Adam. Uh, no, but he's been a revelation you know, since he retired. You know, he's been a revelation in his commentary. Is so good. You know, yeah, and he's... so funny. Uh, but you know, I just, I just love listening to him speak. You know? Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a good lad. He, I mean, yeah, he's, he's in the back of the, of the motorbike in the tour. But that, I was lucky enough to go out to the tour with SWC this year. This year, and uh, we had our PCR PCR test together. To leave oh, the country. that's lovely, isn't yeah. it? What a lovely yeah. abiding sort of a lingering yeah, memory yeah. Of, of Sir Adam of Blythe. <laughs> um, uh, Perry, have you ever milked a cow? I haven't, no. I've seen cows. Mm. I know what they look like, but mm. I've never milked one. You've never, you've never kind of squeezed the udder of a full cow. <laughs> no. no. Do you know uh, what you, an udder is called in, in uh, Welsh? Tell me. It's cadair. Cadair of uch. Cadair is chair. Because it's got four legs. So, so Caderavuch is the cow's udder. The, the cow's there we chair. Go. Yeah. The cow's chair. Yeah. I tell you what, the, 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 every pod is, it's just like a day at school, isn't it? Just <laughs> learning all the time. At Welsh school. Yeah, you were cautious. Yeah, you would have, yeah. You would have, uh, yeah. Um, I've never milked a cow. Okay. Uh, but I've had very, very fresh cow's milk straight from the udder into a jug. And then I drank What was that it. like? I haven't had that. Uh, weird. Uh, very, very creamy. I felt a little bit, freaked out by it um and it, it was in is in lancashire oh yeah uh, in the in the trough of boland on a farm oh, um yeah uh, i'm still i'm scarred by it but because uh, it was it was room no it wasn't room temperature it was udder temperature <laughs> so about 37 degrees yeah it's kind of i think cows are the same temperature as us oh, no, <laughs> i don't know i've no idea <laughs> no do you know I'm what, the average temp- body temperature of a cow <laughs> yeah, yeah Niall, did you did, did, you, <laughs> Niall, did you go to veterinary college <laughs> Uh, no, actually, ironically enough, the only time I've ever had uh, unfiltered cow's milk was in Wales. Believe it or not. Really? A little village called Crumach, uh, where I was. Oh, that's where rugby. I lived. You're joking. Crumach RFC. I know it very, very well. A lot of my friends play for Crumach. Flipping heck. I, I lived in Crumach. I, I went to school in Crumach. Yeah. Oh, there's one school there, right? There's like one school. Yes. Yeah. Ascola Purcelli. Shout out to Ascola Purcelli. Well, they hammered St. Paul's College uh, back in 1995. Uh, so oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> right, average cow temperature, uh, 37.8 to 39.2 degrees Celsius, guys. So similar to human. Very, very similar. Similar to human yeah. being. Um, uh, and, and finally, um, Lachlan. Well, that was a... That was a that was a really, really tangential uh, chat with Lachlan. He's, he's a diamond, isn't he? And uh, he's a proper outlier, isn't he? And um, just thinks differently, does things differently. But I think the sports better for it. And that that was a really fun conversation. I love the films he did with his brother. Yes, uh, Gus. Yeah. They're, they're just yeah, 
works of art to start yeah. with because they look amazing. But uh, but they're very very interesting, quite funny sometimes, quite poignant as well. Sometimes. Yeah. But um, what he did at the Tour de France, well, he wasn't in the Tour de France, but he did his own Tour de France this yeah. year. Um, rode the whole thing, but including the transfers. Yes. Yeah. And actually started after the tour and had yeah. to basically the first day had to catch them up. Well, obviously didn't catch them up, but they finished. He then had to go in front of them. So was started a day behind and he'd anticipated that he was going to start in front of them, but I, uh, ASO wouldn't let him. They'd let him do it, but only if he started stage one behind. So he was like 24 hours behind from day one. But yeah. no, uh, amazing. Uh, and a, a brilliant, a brilliant guest. Um, yeah. Which I didn't, I can't remember what his answer was to the video games thing. Um, but um, he said his family would be a lot of fun if they were held hostage anyway, which is nice. <laughs> if you're, if you're, a, if you're, a, I don't know, a kidnapper out there listening to this podcast, please don't kidnap his family. Uh, great stuff. Next up. Only if you've got computer games. Though. Only if you've got computer, <laughs> yeah. like retro computer games. Um, next up, I'm just scrolling through my uh, Google Doc here. I believe we've got a snippet of Michael Matthews. Every year it's just getting more and more crazy. Like, Cycling now is just turned into more like a boxing match than, than a bike race, which, yeah. yeah, you can either deal with that or you can't. And now the peloton's changed so much that there's, like I said before, zero respect in the peloton that it is quite difficult to, yeah. uh, to go out and race your bike now in these classics when there's just zero respect in the peloton for each other. And it doesn't matter who you are, someone's going to bomb underneath you in a corner or take you out or, yeah, headbutt you or elbow you or anything, which... Yeah, either you can you can deal with that and 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 race and do it back, or yeah, you maybe can't. Very interesting. Yeah, it's something you hear a lot of just recently. Actually, is now the racing has totally changed in the last five years. It's full gas from the very beginning, from the off. And, yeah, um, you know, you got. I don't know. Is that because there's more talent coming through, and are different? Are you finding actual? cycling talent now that so there's more cycling talent in the peloton now i'm not sure what do you reckon i think there's a from my i mean i'm not obviously in the peloton anymore but speaking we, we both get the opportunity to speak to 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 riders that are both mm. in, the, in the and we're talking primarily here about the male peloton i mean because mm. there is clearly a differential at, um and because things have changed in the women's peloton but in the male peloton there's seem there seems to be there's this perception isn't there that there's a lot more crashes etc especially as illustrated in the tour but i don't know if anybody's actually crunched any numbers but i think there's also a view that um through the the lens of social media we're looking at the crashes that exist in a different way than we did before but the the overriding impression i get from speaking to current pros especially pros have been around a little bit is exactly what michael matthews has mm. said nathan has said the same thing um and, and several other guests have, have said that yeah there's no there isn't as much respect. Um, the, they're going faster than ever. The average speeds are higher because riders are fitter than they were. You know, um, we are at the point where we are understanding the physiology of an endurance athlete like never before. Um, yeah, even twenty years or uh, twenty years ago, people, riders were eating steak in the morning. Yeah. Oh just, no, definitely. Just nutrition is. is- Come on, leaps and bounds since then, yeah. Yeah, so I think all of the contributing factors to making a rider stronger—that's one factor. So the strongest, they can move their bikes quicker, yeah. and then the fact that we've got the most the clothing side of it is more aero than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, bikes more aero. The bikes are more aero. Um, the the roll and resistance has changed. The the knowledge of kind of um, of well t- the the kind of the whole 
contact point with the road, our understanding of that has changed. So the, the net result yeah. is, fast, is faster races, higher stakes, and young riders coming through who look to guys like uh, Wout Van Aert, although he's a little bit older now, and Tadej Pogacar, for example, Remco Evenepoel, young guys coming through and look at those and think, well, they're not, their views on racing aren't clouded by a hierarchy. They've yeah. come in almost fully formed, not quite, yeah. but almost fully formed and can pretty much do what they want in races. And I think other riders look, younger riders look to that. So there's been like a, a crumbling of the establishment that we've previously known. Yeah. And therefore the dynamic within the peloton has changed as a result. Yeah, you've got, well, you've got young guys coming through who have, who've got better equipment, better nutrition, who are fitter, who are basically maybe better suited cyclists than the older generation. They go faster and they race their own race. Totally. Remco, you know, going off on a 50, 60 kilometer solo ride. Yeah. That, that's that is hard. He does it all the time, you know? Yeah. But, you know, you'd see that once in, once in a blue moon back in the day, but he just goes off and he's the one that does it. Oh, is Remco going to go? Yeah, there he, there he goes. I mean, but you've got that to different levels of with these young kids in the peloton huh? and they're strong and they know that they're strong. So they're just going to do it, you know? Yeah. Whereas maybe the the older generation they can't do it. Yeah, uh, uh, I think when you look look back, and there's a couple of riders who have well, many riders have just retired, and one of them being a most notable high profile rider that's recently retired, Dan Martin. Yeah, you know who um, came. There's a perception that he came under um, under fire for his kind of lack of commitment um, in in certain races. When I say commitment, not in terms of training and stuff, but risk taking. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you get older. Um, and, and because races appear to be more risky, I know um, there's a lot of use of gravel nowadays, so that changed the dynamic of a race. You've got different skill sets and you've got the more established members of the peloton who aren't maybe quite used to that. And also thinking, well, I've got a family, I've had a good career, I don't want to end it and possibly end everything now. Um, and as you get older, generally speaking, you become less risk averse in many aspects of your life. So you've got that dynamic going on as well. Haven't you? And another thing maybe that's... Uh to do with it as well is that there's a lot more racing on television now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, good like point. A lot more, even the last two years you yeah. know, since the GC, whole GCN Eurosport thing I've been showing, especially the full uh, stages Flag to line, yeah. on uh, you know on the Grand Tours, you're going to see a lot more crashes. So our perception as fans, we're going to see a lot more crashes because there's a lot more racing. You know, because usually back in the day, they'll, uh, they'll come in on stage of the tour, maybe two, three hours before the end, and they'd miss out the first three hours. But now we've got the first three hours, and there's a lot of crashes there, you know, when people want to get into position, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, we see more racing, so we're going to see more crashes anyway. Yeah, it's a really good point. The, it's, the, the whole um, it, the whole thing's extrapolated, isn't it? There's more, and, and also the way that we consume media has changed as well. So somebody will at the side of the road might have taken a photo of a crash as well, or people simply retweet and repost the Eurosport GCN images with yeah. their own kind of thing underneath, and that gets shared as well. So so we, the it looks as well as if, although, again, it's important to say that we don't know specifically if there are more crashes than not, but a lot of people think it's probably about the same as it ever was, yeah. but we look at it differently, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't we? And the whole crashing side of it and the danger side of it has been amplified massively. Um, and, running, and running alongside that, of course, is is the thing that's of paramount is, is rider safety as well, yeah. which is always a hot topic, which we touched on as well, I think, in that chat. I mean, especially at the... Um 
in a tour this year, you know, the, uh, the first few days in Brittany. It was a car- it was carnage, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, but then again, remember the big crash where uh, Tony Martin hit the spectator? Yeah, well, that was uh, yeah, that was strange, wasn't it? That's because it was on television. You know, there was a TV. Ca- Usually, there wouldn't really be a TV camera there. Yeah. But there was a, a person there with a with a placard waiting with, for the cameras to pick yeah, them up. Going, yeah. Oh, uh, if there wasn't a TV camera there, that wouldn't have happened, you know. So they're both kind of intertwined. Yeah, yes, that's a really, really good point. But um, it's um, it's a conversation that's going to run and run. Um, but just to step back away from that, um, one thing that we're kind of left with, um, whether you are a kind of young rider in the peloton, a rider that's been around a bit, or somebody that's just in between, for the spectator, um, for commentators and fans, that the, the racing has been so dynamic isn't he obviously we see a lot more racing which is great but generally speaking from my perspective the stuff i've just commentated on as well as just watched um we've had some brilliant racing haven't we i mean and this extends across to women's racing as well the racing is just been dynamic isn't it oh women's racing well the whole you know the thing with women's racing is it's it's so good that there's more of it on tv you know there should be more uh, and you know and the um the prize money should be the same as, as the men, but that will happen, hopefully. Yep. But, you know, it, it all goes back to London, the London road race, you know, the uh, the women's road race versus the men's. The women's road race was so much better than the men's road race. You know, there's mu- much more excitement. You know, it was a better race, you know, and still people, you know, the race organisers and, you know, and the People, the TV people in charge of putting these races on TV, they just don't realise that. But it's bang there, right, uh, right in front of their face. Paris Roubaix this year, the women's Paris Roubaix. Oh my god, incredible! One of the best bike races I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Just to echo your sentiment, still a well, a, a load of work to be done, but it's heading quickly yeah. in the direction that everybody wants it to. I mean, when you think of tennis, you've got parity there, more or less. Um, yeah, pre- well, I think it is, it's been parity yeah. in tennis for yeah. well, for nearly a decade now. Yes, so you've got parity there, and people have to look towards tennis and go, we can do that. Yeah. I mean, we we grew up watching tennis as, as a kid. My mum, was uh, she was a PE teacher, and uh, and she was an LTA tennis coach, So and my dad was a big a tennis fan as well, and the whole family was, and her grandparents as well. So we grew up kind of watching tennis, and it was male tennis. D- didn't matter if it was a, a men or women, you still watch the match. There's, yeah. no, there's no difference, and it's always been like that, more or less, in tennis. You know, It's been maybe back in the day there, w- there wasn't the equal uh, prize money, but it was... Uh, the women's um, uh, match was just impo- as important as the men's match. No, Perry, that's a, a really, really good point, um, topical point, and I talked about that at length, actually, with another one of my favourite guests and, and a good mate of mine as well, Orla Shinui. So let's have a little listen um, to a bit of my conversation with her. I just, I feel really passionately, really passionately about sport as a force for good. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the start. My experience of sport as a girl was that it was an entirely level playing field in that I, I trained with the boys. We were all, you know, we went to competitions together. You know, if you trained hard enough, then you won. And if you didn't, you didn't win. Or if you weren't talented enough, whatever. About five years ago, I realized how much strength and confidence that gave me all the way through my life. And that's why I feel for girls in particular, because growing up as a girl and into a woman is all about constantly having your eyes opened and constantly being told the way you look at the world 
sorry, no, that's not the way the world is. Look at it this way instead. Yeah. It's a man's world. And so we are constantly told you must look at the world through men's eyes. And sure. men are never told you need to look at the world through women's eyes. And so I feel like we're constantly, our world is constantly either made smaller or just reframed in so many ways. And sport wasn't that for me. And I feel like if I can pass that on to our for, to our daughters for a start, yep. um, to give them the confidence, but also to other women, like that empowerment that I find so important for women in particular, yeah. Um, and uh, and that links into the elite because if we don't have an elite that is respected and paid and protected and you know we had the UK government recently trying to um, stop the women's FA Cup and allowing the men's FA Cup to go ahead and what that That's says to us about our role in society <laughs> is just so heartbreaking yeah, that I, I find yeah. that you know if we can strengthen women through sport even if you don't do sport I don't care but if yeah. you can see that we have an equal standing in some way in that field, then that is so visible. Ola is um, as eloquent and as uh, as vital as ever. I mean, it was a, a, yeah. a lovely a lovely conversation, and um, yeah, she didn't didn't pull any punches, quite rightly so. Yeah, um, speaks plainly, directly, um, but. Um, yeah, with, with with great clarity. It was really. I mean, she's. Uh, I, I've just got a lot of time for all of. She's yeah. um, you know, a, a wonderful person, and um, an, an exceptionally gifted broadcaster. Absolutely. Even when uh, I, I've, I mentioned the uh, women's parry Reveille, she she spoke about it then uh, um, before the race started as well. And yeah, it has to be said. It has to be said. If 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 nobody says this, nothing's going to happen. But it has to be said all the time. Yeah. Well, as, as often as you can say it. Because um, um, you have to say it, then change will happen. And with, or, well, uh, case in point, the Rouleur, um edition, the, the women's uh, edition of Rouleur, that was the best-selling edition of that magazine ever. Wasn't ever. It? Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it just goes to show there is yeah. interest out there. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bike race. All bike races are interesting. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman racing that uh, that on the on the bike. They're all great, you know. <laughs> and basically, we need it. Yeah, and I think it's about the um, challenging the status quo more more than anything as well. Across this is a stepping back from cycling, but just across the board in terms of women's rights and equality yeah. for all. What we, you know, and we're all not guilty of it, not necessarily even kind of complicit, but we're all, especially ourselves you know two two white guys um, well we've got both got white and male privilege yeah know, uh, so it, we, exactly and we've never it, well i haven't ever had to push yeah. to do if obviously i've worked hard yes. but i've never had any barriers if i if i want to go and get something mm. um as hard as it may be i've 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 either got to study work hard you know put the groundwork in but the the doors are always open if you want it but for for certain ethnic minorities and also for women a lot of the doors are shut, regardless yeah. of how gifted you are, how yeah. driven you are, how ambitious you are. The doors are shut, and that is what has got to change. And the change is happening, but to affect change um, till it becomes kind of parabolic and normal um, means people have got, constantly got to be at this and constantly got to push. Businesses as well, organisations have also got to accept that... Um, you can't just wait for this change. You have to, you have to create the change and, and, and take risks and business risks as well because a lot of businesses are conservative because, oh, well, women's sport doesn't garner that much advertising revenue or whatever. But if everybody thought like that, yeah. um, we'd never get anywhere. So it needs people to step up 
yeah and 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 do something positive and and quite often take what we might perceive as a risk but it's not a risk it's just the right thing to do yeah um going back to the, uh, the tour de france 2018 um we uh, we were there the f- in the first week and we were staying in one night we were sitting in the same hotel as some of the aso guys and at the bar at night uh, there's a couple of the aso guys and i had a chat with them uh, so yeah they'd had a a, f- a few pints, so uh, they were, loosened them up a little. Oh bit. yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were they were chatting away, and but I, and I asked them this, this question: Why isn't there a women's Tour de France? And their answer to me was: There's no interest because um, the, the towns and cities where the races start and finish, who basically pay for what well, they pay money t- for these starts and for the finishes. Um, the the mayors or the councils had no interest in women's bike racing, and yeah, that's where the it's all to do with money. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know it, it's so good that that's the attitude's changing in France a little bit. You know, uh, we've had, um, I think, where the the first women's Tour de France is being announced. Well, the, the route's being announced in a couple of weeks. Time, yeah, it is. So, yeah. yeah. With Marion Rousse, but um, yeah, so the, the attitude in France is slightly changing. Was it? It's an eight-stage race for a women's race. That's quite a long one. Yeah, it'll be amazing eventually if they have a three-week stage race like the men do. You know, so yeah, but it's getting there. Yeah, um, some a little bit too slowly for my liking, but it's getting there. From the attitude three years ago of the ASO when I spoke to them, it's it's slowly changing. You know, yeah, they're um, an, an interesting organisation, an organisation that we indirectly work for yeah. um, and represent, I, I guess. But um, you know, I don't think I'll be shot down in flames to say that they're a very conservative mm-hmm. um, family-run business with probably quite slow moving views yeah. uh, maybe slightly anachronistic uh, set of ideologies really yeah. um and that's what you get with certain you know, certain business when the bottom line is they're not looking at affecting change they're looking at protecting the balance books yeah um and that's what you're up against it's and, shareholders and that, basically it's yeah. shareholders you know, they have to make money for their shareholders exactly i, I kind of get yeah. that but it's like there's also room within that to say yeah. right we know to offset to offset maybe a loss from a women's race let's just take some of the profit from the men's and let's just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and, well, and it's to, happening there's a, there's yeah. a chink in the door yeah. there isn't there we've got this we've yeah. got the women's tour the tour feminine next year uh, the tour femme shall I say um, and let's hope it, you know it hits the ground running uh, because the momentum already you can feel it there's there's a really really big appetite for this and we're six seven eight months away but there's a kind of real fervid sense that this is going to be something special. Yeah, but, but you've got to speculate to accumulate. Totally, yeah. And there's money to be made there. Yeah. Hey, ASO, guys. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> there's money to be made there, you know. Speculate to accumulate. In a few years' time, you'll be make, making a bucket load of it. Indeed, you? indeed. Well, um, that was that was a top party. What a wonderful conversationist. And that whole uh, conversation with Orla goes right back to how she started out in the, in the business and, and, how, um, and, and how she's doing now. And she's got some wonderful views and uh, um, and she's just very entertaining very very funny she, so please if you've not listened to that one um, yeah have a look back at, at uh, have a look back and listen um, now I've got in my Google Doc here uh, Perry um, secret segment in block capitals underlined and then in brackets Perry knows so um, I, I don't know I'm going to annihil- I'm just going to well not sit back I'm already sat down um, I'm just going to just leave the I don't know what's going to happen next right Matt um we spoke about Cecile Utrup 
Ludwig already? Now then, do you remember when she sang? Um, well, when your internet connection, she uh, she sang a little bit, and I, and I spoke to Niall and said, "Send me that clip of her singing," and I put some music to it. Really? And do you remember the? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I I kind of I do, but obviously, and there was I've a game show attached to that little jingle that, that I did. Remember, it was the Guess That Snack? Yes, of guess course. Yeah, snack. yeah, of course, yeah. Right, so now we're going to Guess That Snack. Guess That Snack. With, with guess me. Guess That Snack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guess That Snack. <laughs> All right. So I've got a... What I've, an amazing voice. Right, so there's, there's four um, snacks yeah. that you've already eaten in the past. Right. Now you've got to guess them. Toffee popcorn, okay? Cheese Cheetos, Pringles, corn tortilla chip. All of these packets have remained unopened. Therefore, the the integrity of the snack itself remains intact in terms of the crunch, yeah? I'm going to open the... So, so this this one here. There you go. That's the Pringles, freshly opened. <laughs> Cheetos. They're opened. Okay. And finally, the popcorn all opened and all ready to roll. So now what I'm going to do is mix them up and I'm going to now reach into one of these bags and you, my friend, have to guess that snack. So I've got to guess this snack now myself. Yeah. Right. So this is you eating the snacks. And I've got to guess my own snack yeah. crunch. Yeah. So okay. here you go. Is this a Pringle, a Cheeto, a popcorn or a tortilla chip? Here we go, mate. Listen closely. That is a tortilla chip. Oh! Congratulations. God, that, I'm quite, oh, blimey. I've got a little bead of sweat on my forehead. Are you nervous? Yeah. Are you actually nervous? Yeah. Okay, then. So uh, here's the next one. Now listen closely. That, that was a Pringle. Oh! What? Oh, I, oh, was was that a popcorn? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Just, sorry. Right, I've, I consider myself told, so right, tee up number three. Listen to the crunch, mate. Cheeto. Yay! Yes. Congratulations. And the last one. Here we go, mate. Listen closely. That's a Pringle. Yay! Yes. So the three, other one was the popcorn. You've got oh. three out of four. Congratulations. Oh, cheers. Oh. oh. What do I win? Um, just a round of applause. win this oh. huge bag of money that I've just given oh, you. Lovely. Great, great. We all love huge bags of money, don't we? Thanks very much, Steve. <laughs> that was weird. Thanks, guys, for, for uh, mixing that up a bit. That was quite weird. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of, I tried to remember visually back, but I couldn't because I've done so many Guess That Snacks. So but you, uh, that was great. We bit weirded out by... You being the quiz master and being the contestant. Yeah, the weirdest thing though was me calling myself mate. That, <laughs> that, was, the, that was the weird, the weird bit. Uh, yeah, we might. We'll probably bring back guess that snack every now and again, just for the theme tune alone. I think Miss Utrup did such an amazing job in it. Yeah, what a voice! Or what a bloody good voice she's got. She's got a cracking voice. Yeah. Or we just play the we just play our favourite jingles, and it's called Jingle Corner. Then there's a jingle for that, and within it's a Jingle Corner, Jingle Corner, Jingle Corner. Guess Something that like snack. That. Yeah. Guess that snack. It's just a series of jingles. Yeah, God, it's very meta, isn't it? It's like whoa. <laughs> 
<laughs> I quite have you, Perry? Can you play the lute? Because I quite like a medieval style jingle. Um, I I haven't got a lute, but no. I can do a good impression of one. Maybe anyway, there's probably there's probably I bet in all of your gubbins over there. There's probably yeah. like a you could probably on your synthesizer thing. There's probably like yeah. a lute synth, isn't there? I I think I've got some lute samples. Yes, I do some lute samples. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. Shall we move on? Uh, thank you for that, by the way. Um, Next up, um, again, another enormous tangential shift, but another important one. I had a great chat with uh, Justin Williams, who talked about um, cycling, sort of bringing positivity um, to his neighbourhood. Let's hear what uh, Justin said uh, a few months ago. That's the whole thing. Like The things you see on TV about the neighbourhood aren't necessarily how it is. You know, there's, sure. there's very bad people in every walk of life. And when I would ride through my neighborhood as a, as a as a kid and even now, people are just so proud that, you know, here's a black man that's doing something outside of the norm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that anything like that sparks this curiosity and hope yeah. uh, that there's something else out there that maybe we can use to to uplift ourselves and, yeah. and our culture and our community. So I've got nothing. I've never, ever had a problem. And I remember when I was in high school, I came out in the L.A. Times and my, like everything shifted from that point, like everyone knew me as the bike guy and the bike yeah. kid. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was just all positive. That was, um, I really enjoyed that chat with Justin Williams. Again, it was uh, really interesting hearing about his, his youth, his upbringing in Los Angeles, then the, the, the kind of not great experience he had for want of a better word, or the, the negative experience he had in Europe before coming back over and ultimately setting up Legion, reason, Legion the reasons for setting up uh, Legion of Los Angeles. And, and the, and the kind of the profile that, that, I mean, kind of single-handedly along with um, the team and also with, with, with guys like Rassan Basati, you know, a good, a good friend of mine as well, who works for Zwift also had him on, on the podcast talking um, similarly, but, a different set of experiences, not quite as positive as Justin's actually, slightly tougher upbringing. Um, but uh, alongside the, um, the, the the women's side of things, this is, um, we, you know, the people of colour are massively underrepresented in, 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 a, in a white-dominated sport. And again, it takes people who, who are brave, people who just want to affect change to to make a stand and and um, and push against these doors that have been shut um, for, for 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 far too long. Yeah, uh, cycling is a very male, a white male dominated um, sport, and but living in London and cycling out in London, there's more people from ethnic minorities cycling all the time. You know, you can see it month by month. There's more more people out there, and it's because of Justin. Um, and there's a lot of. Um, clubs down here in South London that uh, promote it as well, which is uh, it's a great thing. You know, but it's another one of those things. You know, we need more black people and ethnic minorities in the peloton. We yeah. need it. Yeah, it has I mean, to happen. Yeah, there's you know? there's um, um, a real dearth still, isn't there? Um, although um, things are changing, but one of the um, longest serving members of the, of the male pro peloton, Kevin Rez, is just retiring, yeah. isn't yeah. he? And he was, um, and he um, had um, felt very strongly that he was although a lot was being said within the uh, the male peloton you know very little was done and that's still a big big problem because there's still massive under representation isn't there but although saying that you 
I've seen a, a seismic shift, no doubt you have, I think we all have, in terms of the way that brands market now. Yeah. Um, and I think I've got a big shout out to Sigma Sports as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. And to Universal Colors, a, a Sigma Sport yeah. brand, although separate, yeah. under the same umbrella, for really kind of pushing the envelope in the way they represent the, the brands um, and the brand itself. It's it's far more inclusive than it ever used to be. Yes. Um, and I think they're at the forefront of, of trying to affect the change through the way they market as well. Absolutely. You know, you've got, uh, it's air trains mainly and propelled on that, um, that we see, but you know, we need more from the UK. We need more from France, you know, everywhere really. It, it just needs to happen. It ha- well, it has to happen. Not yeah. that it has to happen. Well, it's getting the youth, it's getting the um, young black kids on bikes, yeah. isn't it? And, um, but it's not going to, we know, it isn't going to happen overnight. No. You need people for these for these kids to kind of look up to, yeah. to inspire. Um, and it's happening, but it's going to be a slow burn. We've just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and making sure that the people who are underrepresented have access. Mm. I think that's the thing. There's always been um, cycling. Although I think it's remarkably um, uh, democratic, I think, and, and, and a liberating sport, it is, it's still very kind of white. Yeah. Um, although... I do think that is shifting. Look, look at look, look at look, Trey White in the, yeah. the, the in the Olympic Games, Absolutely, you know, yeah. um, in the in the BMX. So there are they've got some wonderful role models to, to look yeah. up to, which augurs well. But there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, there's uh, where we live here in Camberwell. There's um, the Peckham BMX uh, track is very very close to us up in Burgess Park, and uh, that's it's very inclusive. You know, uh, obviously it's, it's all the kids from the area. You know, and, and then not everybody's white in this area. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a real mix of of, uh, of um, uh, ethnic minorities and white people here, and, and kids as well. And it's brilliant what they do in Peckham BMX. It's amazing. You know, that's that. That's, yeah. I have to, have to check it out. Yeah, but uh, well, we're going to look at another completely different character. Uh, a character. Force that chap who's just retired from the propellers after, um, and he's got arguably maybe the second best or the second most famous mullet in the peloton <laughs> yeah. after the after the kiwi, uh, the flying mullet. It's of course Mitch Docker. This was a diamond conversation. Let's hear a few words from Mitch. When I came back to racing last year, I went into it red hot. You know, like I yeah. came in, trained really hard because I thought. I don't know how long this racing is really going to go. So mine, I started with Strada Bianchi. I was like, it could be Strada Bianchi in San Remo and we could be back in lockdown. So I was like, yeah. well, every race matters. So I'm just going to hit it red hot. And I was going yeah. well. Yeah. And I went in there and I was just another number still. Everyone was going good. And we saw that happen in every race. It was so exciting to watch. That's just the new standard now. Right, okay. Um, and as you've probably seen from the racing, if we go back to the start of the year, a race like Hoodvar I did, that race was so hard. It was Paris-Nice hard, and it was one of the first races of the year. Mate, I commentated on it, it, and it was like, oh, my God, this is so aggressive. It was a bit like, not in a bad way, a bit like an amateur race. It was, it was just attacks all from the start, every with, stage. With the best riders in the world, you know? Yeah, and it yeah. was just – I started to see the riding on the wall here. I'm like, well, look, I'm, I'm seeing increases in my – performance in my numbers and things like that but it's still just putting me in the middle of the bunch yeah um in order for me to keep going at this game i need to commit more i need to sacrifice more and i got to the point where i'm like i don't know if i really want to to be honest yeah. um i'm still love riding my bike i've got two kids now and the impact of last year has made me really realize how important that is and how more important the extended family is to me 
course. And 13 years in the peloton, I'm so happy with it. And I yeah. sort of realized, what more do I really need to achieve to feel any more satisfied than I do now? And I thought, nothing really. That was a, I mean, um, just off the back, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes ago in this pod that we were talking about the changes in the peloton, um, primarily in the, in the male peloton in terms of abilities. And uh, the fact that, you know, Mitch Docker, I mean, that was a really good way of looking at it. I mean, how many interviews do you read, podcasts you listen to, of riders saying, I'm putting out my best ever numbers? Yeah. But I, I, I'm still, the perform- actually, from a performance perspective, compared to the other youngsters coming through, you're kind of actually falling behind, or at best, as Mitch just illustrated, riding mid, uh, just about, just to, all I can do is kind of hold on. And, and then you question the level of. Co- the level of commitment you've got it really I think off the back of what we've already talked about what a wonderful kind of really clear illustration of of where certain riders are as they hit the kind of early 30s and that's not he's got the rest of his life in front of him isn't he yeah and he's talking about Ovar but you know if those of you that don't know Ovar is right at the beginning of the year uh, it's the Tour de Maritima du Var now yeah, isn't yeah. it it's called so yeah it's right at the beginning of the season uh, and it was that and Etoile de Bessege for me it was, uh, what he was talking about it was like I was like oh my god these guys are going crazy they're yeah. going for it um, and it was um, it, uh, it's, it's really sad that Etoile de Bessege isn't on TV in, in the UK, but you know that's one race. Hopefully, they, they will have uh, next year because you know that was such a, a bonkers race. It was amazing to watch. But yeah, it, it, but it, I like to direct you to see the little cycling cap there. Oh yeah, life in the peloton. That's Mitch's. Uh, I did notice that. It's yeah. the kind of like nineties inspired. Well, it's pink. It's yeah. a pink hat with yellow. I'm a bit jealous actually because I'm so, to uh, tap him up for one of those. Yeah, hats. there's uh, there's not many of them around because I, I saw him in, in at the tour. Um, he was there uh, being a, a journalist. Yes, uh, interviewing riders at the end. Of the working for the podcast, wasn't he? Yeah, um, the cycling podcast. Yeah. yeah. So he was there. Um, interviewing uh, cyclists at the end of the the last TT uh, so and I just went up to spoke uh, and spoke to him uh, we've got a mutual friend in uh, Damien Phillips who we'd both know who works for POC yep. and um, he'd just done a week's riding with with Damien in um, in uh, Sweden so um, so I just went up and said hi so I told him that I knew Dam- Damien said oh Damo I was like yeah perfect and um, yeah and we just chatted for a while he gave me that the, the, Very the nice. cycling cap, so was, yeah, he's yeah, is that's one cyclist that well for me he will be missed in the peloton, yeah, because you know seeing him in the peloton is, is kind of kind of a warm feeling, you know, because he's such a lovely guy. So, oh, it's, it's Mitch Docker, he's amazing. Oh, it's uh, it's gonna be uh, gonna be sad seeing not there, you know. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of riders um, that will think the same thing. I yeah. imagine because. Um, but again, that's the thing with, with 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 anything, isn't it? Especially the relatively short period of time in in your life that you kind of spend in the peloton, but you because it's it's constantly evolving and changing. And it seems, apart from one or two uh, riders, Alejandro Valverde is probably yeah. a good example who refuses to retire and is going to ride for another year when he's forty two. Um, it's getting to increasingly be a, a young person's game, isn't it? But he he's still stronger than the young kids. You know yeah. the, the fact that you know when he broke his collarbone in the in the Vuelta, then he came back and he just won a stage. And uh, which it, race was it? Sicilia. Uh, was, Sicilia. I was yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's amazing. Yeah, um, it's amazing. No, I mean, again, this is a kind of although it's a look back, it's also a reminder to if you've missed some of these pods, please give them a listen because um, the chat with 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 Mitch was was brilliant. It's mm. very funny, entertaining, and I, and I love the fact I love the, his outlook on life. It's a 
really simple. Um, yeah. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. He's just, um, he's very plain speaking and, and his podcast, let's give it a shout out because it's, I've, I've listened to it. It's great. And uh, I love his interview style. Yeah. Uh, he gets a lot out of his guests, which is what I try and do, but we do it in both very, very different ways. But he's uh, a really refreshing, candid, funny, likable chap um, who I think will be possibly even more successful outside of outside of actually racing his bike and just riding for fun and and talking about it and, and wish him all the best with what he does next yeah he's brilliant yeah. Um, uh, and the fact that he has got his podcast Mitch will still be there he certainly will yeah. he, he certainly will uh, chatting even more and I, I for one will be definitely tuning in um, Perry should we have a look at some hometown quiz highlights I was going to do a, ho- a, a hometown quiz for you yeah um, but um, I didn't so okay. let's uh, we'll, we'll do that again sorry <laughs> I got really, it's really busy yesterday, sorry. So we've got some hometown quiz highlights uh, coming up from Niall now. Anyway, we've talked about corned beef for a bit too long. Uh, Adam's, from, Adam's from Sheffield. It's time for the Sheffield quiz. The Sheffield quiz. <laughs> Sheffield quiz. <laughs> now it's time for the Sheffield quiz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, were you slightly dancing and moonwalking around the living room? It's brilliant. Question number one. The world's first ever football club, Sheffield Football Club or Sheffield FC, was formed in 1857. So there's a fact for you straight away. So the yeah. world's ever first ever football club was called Sheffield Football Club, formed in 1857. By who? So by a group of what? Was it A, steel workers? Was it B, cricketers? Or was it C, pub landlords? It's either A or C. I'm going to say them two. You're going to say both, A and C. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really good try, mate. (laughs) Ducking and diving. No wonder you were good at sprints and bloody uh, riding in echelons. It's just bobbing and weaving all the time. I believe, uh, I, yeah, uh, uh, great. I did, I did love the hometown because I, ble- I believe we've got Lachlan Morton coming up. And uh, the only thing I've got written down here is Bee Gees. I think it's, I think it's Pete Floyd. It's, it's not. It's not. Oh, Floyd. <laughs> no, um, they are an actual band, as you correctly said. Uh, the Aussie Beatles. There probably is one, but I made that up. I also made up the Australian Michael Jackson experience. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, it's the Australian Bee Gees. Yeah, they're coming over. Well, well, have they got a special name? Is it like is there a They're just called the Aust- weirdly. They're they just called the Australian Bee Gees. <laughs> Uh, that's good. I thought some of the original Bee Gees were from Australia. They are. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think they are. I think the brother. Yeah, they they were born in Australia, then lived in England for a long time. The Bee Gees, I think, didn't they? But yeah. So I mean, how can you just call yourself the Australian Bee Gees when you're Australian? (laughs) That's a a bloody good point. I think they've got. uh, Looking back, I've obviously got a master of um, music. It's sat six six feet away from me, Uh, and the the Bee Gees were born in the Isle of Man, weren't they? Then went to live in Australia. So uh, they should have been really called the Isle of Man Bee Gees, shouldn't they? (laughs) They should. (laughs) Anyway, um, next up, Rebecca Charlton or Chattleton, as she likes to be known. Um, McDonald's is what I've got written down here. Shoreham on Sea. By Sea. Uh, sorry, by Sea. Sorry. <laughs> Let me just cross that out. Shoreham by Sea <laughs> currently has two McDonald's restaurants. 
<laughs> one is situated in the Holmbush shopping oh, centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But upon which road is the other? Oh my okay. God, Eastern Avenue. Oh, can I just read out the other questions? <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it A, Eastern Avenue, <laughs> B, Brighton Road, C, Dolphin Road, or D, Leo Sayer Drive? You've got it right. <laughs> oh Avenue. I should not have answered that so quickly. That's very worrying. <laughs> yeah, that was a top chat from a very dear friend of mine, uh, Rebecca Charlton, so- who um, clearly, Perry, uh, by that ridiculously low latency lack of knowledge, I mean, that was just straight on it. Um, um, she's a big fan of Mookie D's. It's, she's brilliant, though. We all love Rebecca. We do love Rebecca, yeah. yeah. And, but Leo Sayer Drive, was that? I think I might have made that up. <laughs> Thing is, Perry, I'm being honest with you now, I don't know if I did or not, because I, I, I do me a little bit of research, a couple <laughs> of hours. Should we ask Niall? Niall, uh, Niall <laughs> did, did I make that up? I could, I've got my moleskin here. I could, oh, I'll be ages thumbing back through. But surely there isn't a Leo Sayer Drive in Brighton, because it's I'm what you, a weird using thing. the Google machine now to find out. Yeah, can you find out? Because I've... It just is too weird to have made up. That is, it is really weird. Like, but, why Leo Sayer? But it sounds totally plausible. Yeah, he must be from Shoreham by Sea, then, is he? he I don't no, know. I don't know. I honestly out. can't remember. <laughs> this is this is live. What's recorded? But it's, this is actually live in the podcast. This is happening now because I didn't. I There's no Leo Sayer drive. Anyway. Oh, you made it. Uh, How yeah. did my mind do you that? You lied. You lied <laughs> on your own that. podcast. You lied. I. Know. I, I thought. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, um, top marks well, for entertainment value, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks very much. But yeah, yeah. I, may, I think I might have been listening to a lot of Leo Say, or well, not a lot, maybe one or two of his tunes, uh, and he kind of um, just kind of embedded himself in my in, the, in my frontal lobe. Yeah. Um, but um, now talking talking to Leo Sayer, uh, well, no, not talking to Leo Sayer. He was a musician uh, of some repute and we had some wonderful hair um, back in the days. If, if, if any of you are listening who haven't heard of Leo Sayer or maybe are a little bit younger, uh, type in Leo Sayer and you'll uh, know what I mean. We had an amazing, he sang in like a falsetto, didn't he? Is it? You make me feel like dancing. I want to dance, dance the night away. Is that him? Isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, it was the f- one of the first pop stars I became aware of, apart from the presenters on Rainbow, uh, who wore a um, one of those things with jeans with the kind of dungarees. Who wore dungarees yeah. in his pop videos? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, apparently, they're back in fashion. They're, I've seen people in them, and uh, I wouldn't wear one of those. Have you ever worn me. dungarees? No, I hate them. I hate flares and I hate dungarees. Wow, I've not worn dungarees before. Yeah. Uh, uh, Niall, you seem like you might be a, a dungaree kind of guy. Not since I was about three. Not since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I might have worn them when I was about two or three. That's a good point. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, sorry, I went off all funny there. So, yes, uh, it's time for to for me to record uh, a new theme tune. I don't yeah. know how we're going to record this in the pod. Probably best to kind of pause it now, but we'll come back to you in a few moments' time with a, um, a fresh intro to the podcast with the music that we heard before as produced by Perry, um, but with some vocal laid over the top. Well, Perry, we've, between us, we've just recorded a brand new jingle for Matt Stevens Unplugged. Uh, what are your thoughts? Firstly, thank you for making it, you know, um, so wonderful. Um, how did I perform? That's the big question. I thought. You were the best, both of us. You were definitely the best. You're very modest, man. You're I, I a kind man. You were awesome. You were always awesome. Well, shall we um, Shall we let the listeners um, have their opinion? And so yeah. should we tear it up? Yeah, here we go. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. Hello. 
and welcome to Sigma Sports Presents, Matt Stevens Unplugged. You know it's that time again, Matt Stevens Unplugged. Podcast. Well, um, what can you say? Um, something pretty special has just happened. And I told you you were awesome, didn't I? Yeah, well, I yeah. think it's all in the production, really. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you for, for walking me through. I've never done anything like that before. I felt like I was in Queen in 19... The back end of 73 when they recorded Bohemian Rhapsody with all the overdubs. You're better than Freddie. Oh, well, yeah. now, now you are being silly. <laughs> um, Perry, uh, in all seriousness, no, thanks so much for being a guest on episode one for providing the music, which really helped bring this pod to life, for being a wonderful guest again, um, and looking back with me through um, some wonderful guests. Um, at such a, you know, it's brilliant. It really was a weird kind of trip down the last couple of years, and, and thanks for accompanying me on that. It's been, been an honour. It's been, a, and a pleasure actually being on your podcast. I love, I, I do listen to it all the time. Actually, so. Well, I've, can I book you then for episode 100? That's all 104. Oh, 103? Okay. I'm not too sure. Well, yes. uh, well let, let's do, let's tentatively book you in for okay. that. Um, but in the meantime, um, I want to thank all of my guests. Um, too numerous to mention, but you guys know who you are. You've been brilliant and you've represented yourselves and our wonderful sport wonderfully. And um, and I hope that everybody listening enjoyed them. Thanks to, um, to Niall, the producer, to Ewan, to Jake, to Dan as well, who pushes all this stuff on social media. Of course, to Sigma Sports for back in the pod um a wonderful brand um a brand i'm proud to work with have done for a few years so thanks very much sigma sports and to you the listeners because you've been brilliant um and please keep listening tell your mates if you think it's worthwhile and please get involved if you can on social media telling us how you think about uh, what, what you think of the pod because um it's part of um what i do now and I've, i flip and love it um so thanks very much indeed everybody thanks again to perry um we'll be back very very soon i shall uh, catch you later i'll speak to you later i guess but well using using my ears i guess cheers all bye bye